1: For a really great future, we're talking real money.
2: Well, welcome to Talking Real Money. A little different this week. Uh, I'm Tom Cock. Don McDonald has the week off uh, for the first time in a long time. So I hope he's out enjoying himself on this Easter weekend. I've got a special guest. We'll talk to him in a couple of minutes. But, you know, I'm a little spoiled having just gotten back from a wonderful week in the southwest where I, I hate to mention this truly i do because when we left last sunday it was actually snowing and then when we got to uh phoenix it was i think 41 degrees warmer so it was quite a change in the <laughs> weather but i got to admit i am a lousy vacationer that the truth hurts but but it's the truth and um it brings to mind something about investing that I'll mention here, but I do want to mention our phone number because the phones are open and we always go to you first, 855-935-8255. And you can call us anytime, day or night, but uh, we'll take the calls live and our guests will take them as well. So join us. But So here we are. we go on this wonderful vacation, and, and my beautiful wife, Danielle, put it all together, which is even nicer because then I just have to get on the plane we even flew out of Payne Field, which is really painless so many ways compared to SeaTac. Uh, you basically park the car, sort of walk in, and get on the plane. It's really nice deal. But as I said, I am really not a very good vacationer. Uh, I have a routine, and I just have a hard time breaking it. I'm, I'm kind of early to bed, early to morning kind of guy. I still, it, for all that I wanted to not work, I still end up working quite a bit. Saw a few clients, uh, and I tend to be still. <laughs> it's probably an age thing, less flexible than I used to be. Let's put it that way. Um, but so we're in this great place, kinda. Uh, there was a few problems. The the house that we rented, uh, half of it didn't have electricity when we arrived, and and despite trying to work with the uh, the agency that rented to us, it wasn't back on for about a day. Uh, we rented a car where the first time I pushed the brakes down. It made this horrendous sound like it was... uh, At one point, I think we got out of the car to make sure nothing had dropped off. But the biggest issue, interestingly enough, was food. Because when you go somewhere for a week, I don't want to go out every night. I'm kind of like, let's get some food, let's cook it up. But always that first day when you get there, you really... You just don't feel like going out and getting the. I just, I guess, I'm lazy. Uh, so we got to the. We kind of sat around for a while. We got to the end of the day, and we're trying to figure out what to do by dinner. And of course, we're in Phoenix. You're going to get Mexican food, right? I mean, it's just or Southwest. Or you're going to do it because that's where you are. So we made a few phone calls to folks, and of course, everybody was busy. This is the middle of spring break, until we found a place. <laughs> well i'll just call it owls okay because owls in the title now i'm trying to figure out how owl relates to mexican food which i couldn't do and maybe i should have been warned so we went to owls and um you know no offense to the elderly among us present company excluded but the average age in owls was probably mid-80s and again a little on the older side. The place looked a little run down, and then the food came out, and I—it was truly it was awful. But all I wanted was the mole. I wanted a mole. I just—but Al's was missing the mole. He, they didn't have a mole, and I got a, a chimichanga with eight pounds of cheese on it, which I ate a little bit of. Really wasn't there. But it always brings to mind that what you want to know from us, from me, if Don were here, he'd be asking the same question, and that is kind of, what do I do now? what What's the thing I should invest in now? I just took this up with my brother this morning because he has some money. Like, what do I invest in now? And the, the answer always is, I don't know, because you got to have a plan. Had we had a better plan uh, on Sunday, I would have ended up with the mole at a good place, but we didn't. You've got to have a plan. You need to know the purpose of any money you're thinking about investing. Is it is it for your retirement? Is it for a house? Is it for college? Is it for next month's unexpected expenses? That has to be first. What has to be next is sort of how much of your money are you willing to risk to see go up and down? And in a couple of minutes, we'll talk about going down because in this very unusual year, actually, stocks and bonds have decreased in value. And as my brother pointed out today, hey, this, generally don't when stocks go up don't bond go down don't stocks uh, bonds go up pardon me i said not always those are things you're going to learn so have the plan know your risk tolerance put it in action and you will not be missing al's mole as well 855-935-TALK we'll come back here on talking real money in just a moment
1: tom and don are talking real money
3: is your portfolio a mess? You may have a case of hodgepodgeitis, but don't worry, we can help. Just set up a free, no-obligation meeting with a vestry advisor at vestory.com. No sales pitch, guaranteed. That's v e s t o r y.com.
1: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: Welcome back to Talking Real Money. Tom Cock here, Don McDonald with The Week Off. Thank you for joining us. Telephone lines open for you, no matter where you are, 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Taking time out from his egg roll today is our guest. Really glad to see him. He's been a friend, a colleague, a mentor for, wow, more years than I, I, I it's over 30. I know that. Yeah. Um, you also know him from his fine work in so many places, Market Watch. He's always writing. He's written a relatively new book. We're talking millions, and of course, started a great uh, asset management firm, financial advising firm, Merriman, which is still there, still doing great work. Paul Merriman, thanks for uh, joining us here on uh, Talking Real Money.
4: It is great to be back, Tom. It's uh, been a long time since we've worked together.
2: That is true, and Paul will be there at Retire Meet in a less than a month. So. But let's go to the phones first. We do have some topics for Paul, which uh, <laughs> the, the aforementioned, hey, wait, stocks and bonds went down. Why is that? So we'll take that up in a minute, but let's see if we can get to the phones first. And with that in mind, let's go to Kathy. Hi, Kathy. Hi. How are you?
5: Good. How about you?
2: Doing great. How can we help?
5: Uh, I'd like some uh, advice on long-term investment. I want we, we have some money to put aside for uh, each of our grandchildren. We're starting with five thousand dollars. This is like a twenty-year time period we're talking about. I've heard you talk about the Vanguard funds, but I, I don't, I'm thinking that maybe one of those would work. But I'm not sure which one.
2: Well, those could work. Uh, but here's the interesting thing: as we were walking in the studio today, Paul said, "I have a brand new program for grandparents yeah. that we got to get out there." So, wow, this is uh, there's a word for this, but this is. Good timing. Uh, so, well, Paul, what's what's the new program? You
4: know, Kathy is my sister.
6: Ah,
2: oh, okay. Should have known that. So, sorry, so, Kathy, are you
4: going to the retire meet? No, I'm not. Are you going to watch it on the internet?
2: <laughs> He's working it. I like Come on. that. She could say no. Yes. Okay.
4: Oh, okay. Yes. Go. Okay. Right. Good. Because at the retire meet, I'm going to speak for half an hour, and I'm going to focus not just on the S&P 500, but I'm going to focus on a small cap value. And I'm going to be talking about a strategy for a newborn or a young child. And I'm talking about a multi-million dollar impact on that child over a lifetime.
2: So what's the fund?
4: Well, okay. What's the fund? Give it out. Well, I, a small cap fund right now that yeah, I would sure. well, I would recommend the Avantis small cap value.
2: A-V-U-V?
4: A-V-U-V. But, I know. But it. it isn't about the fund because okay. we're talking about 80, 70, 60, 50 years here. It's about having some money in that particular asset class. And there's nothing wrong with the S&P 500 or the total market. But I think, Kathy, you'd be amazed at the implications of the combination of those two or even just one of them if you have the kind of risk tolerance that you need for that much volatility but please i can't i can't tell you everything
2: right now or people won't come <laughs> listen to me oh you're killing me yeah so that is a great that that's an exchange traded fund it's operated by avantis it is uh in small how do you how how give me another word for value because that's a, a
4: well there are companies that are basically kind of out of favor yeah, for, okay. example, fair, fair. for example for example if you looked at large cap blend like mm-hmm. the S and P five hundred growth oriented, it's about a thirty PE ratio, price to earnings. Yeah. If you looked at the value, it's about fifteen times. So you earnings. expect at some
2: point that that will get those, the equilibrium will be met, and you will have gained return in that.
4: Kind of like that. Okay. I mean, it's close enough for all right for, for me. The radio it's close thing. enough for <laughs> me.
2: Yeah. Good. Good.
4: No, but value over time historically, because it's more risky more risky, that's important, has produced better returns than the growth-oriented. But for this young person, I'm thinking I want to have a lot more value in there and small than I do want large-end growth.
2: Kathy, thank you for your call. AVUV again from Avantis is Paul's record. There are others. Vanguard is a very fine uh, small-cap value fund, too. But this avant they do things a little, just a little differently than Vanguard that it may give you some additional return. Uh, 855-935-TALK is our telephone number. Let's go back to the phones where we uh, chat with Brian. Hi, Brian.
7: Hi, Tom, and hi, Paul. Hey, uh, Brian. Do you guys' work? Thank you. Thank you. Hello. I've got a uh, question today. Um, well, it's for, for both of you guys. I, I'm kind of confused about what I'm doing here in my Roth versus my taxable. In my Roth, I'm using Paul. I'm using the Merriman aggressive glide path, and that's where you start with all small value, emerging markets, small blend, large value, until it's 60/40 stocks and bonds. But in my taxable, it's harder to do that. And so I'm wondering, should I just think more simply, own the whole portfolio of equities at once, and then maybe add muni bonds 10 years before I retire? Or how should I think about taxable?
2: I, th- I like your thinking, by the way, because you're thinking about not just the investing part but the tax part, which people oftentimes don't think through. Yes, in a taxable account, we want them there to be owned tax efficient things. Stocks are generally more efficient than bonds, certainly. Uh, but what's your take on that in terms of the actual operation of those two uh, those two places, Paul?
4: Well, this is one of the challenges of a teacher. Tom, it has a planning, financial planning company. I am but a teacher at at age 78, Brian, so so be patient with me. But I would generally, as a teacher, be saying that I would want you to have the more tax-efficient investments inside of your taxable account.
2: Which would be what?
4: Well, it would be equities to begin with. Sure. And even in the equities arena would probably be better off in the S&P 500 than value because you're going to have uh, fewer taxable events. Uh, And by the
2: way, now using exchange traded funds in that taxable account eliminates another place uh, where you saw taxation with mutual funds. So then you would be holding the fixed income, Brian, the bonds in the pre-tax, or no, you said it was Roth versus taxable.
4: Well, but here's where I get confused because, Brian, you sound young. I would have guessed you are 34 years old. How old are you? Oh, you make me feel good.
7: I'm a little older than that. I'm almost 40. I'm about 38 going on 39.
2: Yeah, you're way too early to be even thinking about. I mean, again, for both of those accounts, I'd be all about the growth at this point and worrying about sort of mixing in the the more stable parts of the portfolio later when you really get old like 50. And we're talking
4: talking about a glide path here, Brian. (laughs) I mean, this is important, I think. You should have a glide path from now until you retire. You have too much fixed income, as Tom just said. Look at the Vanguard glide path. You can do that. And I would think that you should have, at this point in your life, less than 40%, probably more like 10 or 20 yeah. at the most in, in in fixed income.
2: Yeah. And you can always, by the way, go to uh, TalkingRealMoney.com and take the risk quiz just to see how you deal with the emotions of investing. We'll continue more here. 855-935-8255 with your calls. Paul Merriman is our guest. More from Talking Real Money in
3: just a moment.
1: Tom and Don are talking real
3: money. Set your course for a great future with a free copy of our 60-page Better Retirement Guidebook at vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com.
1: For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money.
3: Thank you for joining us on Talking
2: Real Money. 855-935-8255 is our number. Here to answer all kinds of questions about money help you do better with it, help you deal with it, help you put it in its own place, too, by the way. I think many people spend way too much time worrying about it. So we're here to help you worry less. Our guest of is Paul Merriman, who uh, really needs no introduction, but he's written, he's spoken, and he's still doing it all. And we won't say you've got a big birthday in a year from now. We'll leave that alone. But uh, you have one in October, but then the next year is really kind of a bigger one. So we'll leave that for now. But... I do take a lot of naps. <laughs> I just you. want you to know. I hope you're not going to do one in the next hour and a half. Uh, again, the phone number is there. We're happy to take your calls, and let's, uh, with that in mind, let's go to Michelle. And uh, Michelle, thanks for joining us here on Talking Real Money.
6: Hi there. So this year I'm turning sixty-one, but I plan on retiring. I've been working for the state of Washington for about thirty-three years. Um, I have. Uh, I've Joined the PERS three retirement system, if you're familiar with that, yep. uh, when they offered us. Well, I did it when they offered us the buyout, so I took what I had in PERS two. They gave me 110% on top of that, and uh, I have set that money aside. I left it. I didn't know anything about money back in those days. Still don't know much now, but I left it, just invested in the general retirement pool with Washington State. Last year, I ended up with a uh, 20% rate of return in that account. It's almost $600,000. Um, I have my defined benefit, which is going to be about $2,500 a month. And then I plan on pulling my social security. Um, now I'm not going to wait. And then I have another account with about $110,000 in it. It's like a savings account. So I think my biggest question is, is that my lump sum that's setting in PERS 3, should I leave it there or should I pull it out and invest it in something else?
2: Well, that is always the million-dollar question. I got it, but before we even get to that, I have to ask you about Social Security. Why are you planning on pulling that uh, at sixty-two or close to that age?
6: Because uh, maybe I'm pessimistic. I have, I just don't want to wait and have that money evaporate, and then I don't ever have access to it.
2: So, when you say evaporate, tell me more about that.
6: Well, I'm just talking about you know, and if I waited till I'm what seventy-two when they tell you to take it, will the money will there still be? Uh, Social security funds
2: available. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Unequivocally. Une- and you can come to my house if I'm wrong and I'll give you the money. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Now, I'm not going to tell you where I live. Yeah. But, uh, but <laughs> No, I mean, because this aspect of sort of it won't be. Yes, it will be. there. Do I think for people maybe under the age of 40, it'll look different in terms of what the benefit will be? Yeah, I do. But it, for for those, and I'm in my 60s too, that, there's no question. And by the way, the change they need to make to make it sustainable. Very simple, simple and, and they still don't have to do it for another 12 or 13 years. So that means Congress will do it in 12 and a half years. So we got that coming. But no, I wouldn't worry about that. But back to the 600000 So you're going to have Social Security. You're going to have a pension. Here's the only reason that I might like liquidity in the other account. In other words, taking the money out and investing it in some way, is that then you have really a three-legged stool, right? Uh, you could have draw on the 600000 as you needed it while you're getting the fixed income, of the defined benefit and the Social Security. Paul, what's your take?
4: Well, I think that she needs to sit down with somebody and and find out more about cost of living and those things that would indicate where that money needs to come from. And I'm absolutely, Tom, I'm on your side about this Social Security question. And I gotta tell you, Michelle, if I could recommend one thing, and I promise I promise I will ask this lady your question about will it be there next Thursday? I'm going to be doing an interview with Mary Beth Franklin.
2: Oh yeah, sure. Know her work. She
4: is one of the
2: big uh, expert on Social Security.
4: And and uh, and so if you're interested, you go to Bainbridge.
2: A C. You don't have to go to the ba- no, oh the, Bainbridge uh, the website. That's the okay. Website. I was going to say you have to get Bainbridge on a boat C-F for that. Okay, C F
4: that stands for Community okay. and, and this is on your website up. though too, right? Well, I think it's on our website, right. but I know it's on the Bainbridge because they're the sponsor of it.
2: Okay, so it will and and we'll give Paul's website here in a bit. But Michelle, again, I think Paul is right to have a plan first. I was just trying to give you a piece of general advice today, yep. but to have a plan, as Paul said, know how much you need in retirement, what sources you're going to be able to take it from and then decide whether this should be left there, moved out in a lump sum or whatever it is, because those are big decisions indeed that, uh, that you need to make. So thank you for uh, your call. Thank you for joining us. We're going to come back. We'll talk about stocks and bonds lost money. Paul, you told me that could never happen, right? I, I, did I say no, that? No, you never did say that, but <laughs> I thought I'd say it anyway. So we'll come back with that. Your questions and calls 855-935-8255. So we continue here on Talking Real Money.
1: Tom and Don are talking real
3: money. A second opinion could save your life either physically or fiscally. Let one of our vestry advisors help you save your future at vestory.com. V E S T O R Y.com.
1: Reality radio for a really great future. We're talking real money.
2: Thank you for joining us on the program. I uh, love to talk to you about uh, money, anything relating to money. We already talked about what to do for your grandkids, how to build the right portfolio at age forty, kind of retirement issues. So a little bit of running the gamut already. So uh, give us a ring eight five five nine three five talk. That's eight five five nine three five eight two five five. I'm Tom Cock. Don McDonald has the week off. Very happy to have a longtime friend colleague friend you actually called me in your kind email yesterday to promote the show paul merriman thanks paul for uh being on here
4: uh tom i've got to ask you a big question oh yeah are you on facebook i am not i knew it <laughs> I ask me not. why i knew it how's that because at three o'clock in this morning <laughs> in the morning this morning yeah I knew that today is Debbie McDonald's birthday. Oh, look
2: at you! Yes, it is Debbie McDonald's okay. birthday. That's where Don and, is. Yeah, and I
4: I Good wrote on her Uh-oh. on her Facebook her wall page, or whatever. Yeah, I told her I now I know why I'm going to work with Tom <laughs> because Don is taking <laughs> oh, care of his funny. wife.
2: By the way, guess how well that went over at my house when I told her I wasn't. Anyway, so let' just <laughs> leave it at that. Happy birthday, Debbie, and that's we absolutely. miss you, Don. But all right, so. Then uh, that's money related because it may end up costing me money anyway. So here, here we go. But let's talk. Let's talk a little bit about the markets. You know, we try not to talk about short term performance, but this has been a bit of an odd year, 2022. A hundred percent stock portfolio, by the way, is down a little over four and a half percent. Big deal. Uh, portfolio sixty percent in a globally diversified portfolio, forty percent in bonds, is down four percent, and a portfolio forty percent stocks, 60% bonds, very conservative, I would say, is down 3.8. Here's where it starts to get a little weird. These numbers around bonds, because even my brother, who is not financially literate, I wouldn't say I love him, but he's not. He pointed out, oh, wait a minute, stocks are down, but bonds are down too, and they're not down a little. I mean, the Vanguard Total Bond Fund, VBTLX, is down 8.7% year-to-date. The Vanguard Short-Term Investment Grade Bond Fund, down 4.8%. 4%. Uh, dimensional funds, very fine. Intermediate term government bond fund, DFIGX, down 8.5%. And I thought, well, no, okay, those are just indexes. Well, Those are just indexes. Let's look at the smart people, the people that run the bond money. And I just read The Bond King about Bill Gross. And I think his fund used to be the PIMCO Total Return Bond Fund, PTTRX. It's down 8.7%. But maybe Jeffrey Gundlach over double lines gotten a lot smarter than people to Pimco. Let's go check his return, the double line uh, total return fund. It's down six point seven. A lot of numbers there. But at Wait the end of the minute. day, Wait those bond minute. funds are down, my friend. Why, well, why would I invest in bonds? It makes no sense.
4: Uh, look, I put on the internet for everybody to see for nothing <laughs> tables of year by year results for bonds. Yes. I show them over the last 52 years the worst three months in bond. Now, by the way, not long term bonds because I'm not a yep. fan of long term bonds. You're talking about
2: intermediate I'm term around for 10 stability. years. stability. Okay. Yep. Some
4: shorts, some tips, yep. some intermediate. Mm-hmm. And for so far this year, that portfolio is down 4.1%. But what we look at in the past is three month, six month, one year. When I look at the worst three month experience over the last fifty two years, it was a loss of five point two. Oh,
2: so that, that was like mid nineties, right? 93, 94, the, something. Probably
4: the eighties. Okay, okay. All right.
2: okay. So the worst. But, so it still not wasn't because somebody asked me. This hasn't been the worst quarter no, for bonds no. in history. Three
4: point five right. is what our strategy is down. Okay.
2: In the, year, the first quarter. In mean, the
4: last three months. Yeah, okay. But here's the point, is that every one of us, I think, should know with whatever combination of fixed income and equity we have, what's the risk in the past, so that when it happens, we're not panicked and thinking the world's coming to an end. We stay the course and say, ah, this is what I expected. And, and I think if you don't have a good a good background on that historical information, it is very easy to panic and think all hell is breaking loose. And here's the real problem. People will say, Merriman, are you nuts? You're recommending bonds? I mean, they, they're they losing money.
2: And you stay right there. We'll come back and talk about that in just a minute, okay? You got they're, it. They're loo- they've lost money, by the way. We always need to use <laughs> the past tense okay. when it comes to money because what they've done, they've done future nobody knows we'll come back we'll take that up we'll also talk a little bit about financial literacy which oh quite frankly the news is not good there but we'll take your calls as well 855-935-8255 as we continue talking real money
1: tom and don are talking real
3: money Tom and I created Vestory to help everyone become a better investor, even those who will never be clients. Let one of our advisors help you start your financial plan or solve a money problem free with no obligation or high-pressure sales pitch at Vestory.com, V-E-S-T-O-R-Y.com.
1: Your guides to a really great financial future. Tom and Don are talking real money.
3: Thanks
2: for joining us. I hope you're getting ready for Easter. Maybe an egg roll, maybe painting eggs, maybe throwing eggs. I, 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 maybe not at our guest, but uh, <laughs> yours truly probably deserves a few. I'm Tom Cock. Uh, Don McDonald is on vacation, as Don, uh, as Don, as as Paul mentioned. He's out with his charming wife this weekend, whose birthday is today. And so uh, Paul Merriman is here stepping in ably. Before we go back to the phones, though, okay, you, you mentioned that, yes, bonds have had worse three-month periods. That's good to hear. So it's not out of this world. But before I go back to the phones, what are you telling people if I asked you why bonds have gone down fairly dramatically, what would you tell them?
4: Well, long-term bonds have gone down because interest rates have gone up. And that's what happens. And and that's the, the relationship as interest rates go down the bonds go up, and uh, but but I but the one point I want to make, yeah. Tom, is that people are all worried about losing a few percent on bonds. I understand that. Mm-hmm. I mean that nobody likes to lose, but the risk in the S and P five hundred is a loss of forty percent or more. And so, people calling me or emailing me and afraid of bonds when they're sitting on 60 or 80 percent of their portfolio in equities at much greater risk. They are doing what they're supposed to do. They're stabilizing.
2: the portfolio. Sometimes
4: they don't do it very yeah. well. Yeah.
2: Well, we'll hope, as I say, uh, the higher rates obviously will lead to bond uh, yields being higher, and that might stabilize things too, right? You're buying new bonds at a higher interest rate.
4: That, that happens over time. Yeah. But if you want to lose a lot of money this year... You 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 have your money in twenty year treasuries.
2: How bad's that? I
4: mean, they're you know they're down what twenty percent or yeah, more? That's
2: right. They would have to be with that. All right, let's go back to the phones 935 talk eight two five five is what talk is. So Kathy joins us here on Talking Real Money. Hi, Kathy. Hi.
5: I just talked to you about uh, investing some money in my grandkids' oh. college yes. funds and was guided toward the Van, uh, Van Test fund.
2: Avantis, yes. But-
5: Yes, but when I looked it up, it's point twenty five uh, expense ratio as versus Vanguard's small cap fund, which is a point zero seven so i yeah. my question is, what am I missing?
2: well here okay, so here's the difference. Vanguard's is truly an index fund, in other words, it just holds whatever the ordained u s. small cap value index is, which I believe is probably put out by. S and P. Paul could tell me. I don't remember who, where, which index it needs to match. So it simply does that. Avantis, the fund is managed differently. It's going to have fewer securities. It's going to sort of tilt more to small and to value in a way that Vanguard's does not. And those two sort of uh, premiums, if you will, have created greater returns over time. So you're what you're. You're paying a higher cost, correct? But over time, we believe, and we think the history shows us pretty well that you would have made more money by having a stronger tilt to those parts of the portfolio than Vanguard provides. How would you put it, Paul?
4: Well, no, that's right, Tom. And and, and there are long periods when growth does better than value, and then it flips the other way. And so if you're a buy and holder, you have to make a decision. Do I want to wait more to growth or wait more to value? And those that have the risk tolerance and young people would be the most uh, Good point. perfect perfect yep. match, I think. But they are still a passively managed fund in a sense. Or let's call yeah. it a mechanical, automated discipline uh, yeah. that they are simply exposing you and your child to a part of the market. Smaller companies that are out of favor— and they even weight it especially towards the highest quality Good companies yep. in that particular area you're getting in leads here too far for I me mean, i know me. It. Yep. It gets, yep. but but there's a reason like last year yep. it was up 40 over 42%
2: where the, the index was more like 20 something 28 right? i think yeah right correct. Yeah, and then so.
4: even other small cap value correct. funds yeah. were up more like uh, 35 or or to 39 i think some even less but the bottom line is is that they are a very low cost provider of access through an ETF that is managed by people who all came out of dimensional funds. Yeah, and that, academic
2: based that, all again, academic. it's academic-based work. It's not Again, yep. it's not uh, nobody's uh, reading tea leaves. I think you raise a good question, a good point, Kathy, and here's an idea. You could put half in one and half in the other. That's going to give you a little more growth. As Paul said, not quite as small and a lower cost. So there's another idea as Are well. Are you telling
4: me she's got SP 500 in No, the other this
2: house? is no. I was saying half in the Avantis fund, half in the Vanguard small, either ah, way. So it okay. sort of hedge your bets a little bit there. Okay. But thank you for your call. Let's see if we can squeeze in another one here from Gene on talking real money. Hi, Gene.
7: Well, good afternoon, gentlemen. Thank you for taking my call. Um, I've got a situation here. I need some hope. Uh, can get some insights. Um, my my dad died, and uh, now I'm kind of looking after my money, my mom's money. She has a small IRA. It's about thirty four thousand, thirty two thousand, something in that range. Um, with a company called Baird, B A I R D. Um. And in looking at her year-end statement for twenty uh, twenty-one, the thing that has me puzzled: she has she's ninety-two, her RMD is about uh, a little over three thousand a year. And but when I look at the uh, year-end statement, the um, the um, statement says that. Uh, Fourteen thousand dollars worth of transactions were were made during the. Wait year. a minute!
2: Wait a minute! So They bought and sold half of the portfolio in twenty twenty one.
7: They so well. They just show the sales. I don't know where the the money had to stay in the fund because the fund balance didn't change by that much. But
2: give me and what and we're sales, just we're running out of time here, sales, Gene. Totally. Yeah. I mean, so what? What? Just give me one fund example that they're holding for her at Baird.
7: Well, they have the money distributed across eight different funds. Yeah, I mean that's just too many uh, for me. Russell, Russell. Oh, they're all Russell investment funds of different types. Some are bonds and some are stock.
2: Yeah, and yeah, again, I'm just
7: concerned about. That, that much sales. That's yeah. too
2: many for me. Too many transactions. We only have about thirty seconds. Paul, what do you, what's, well,
4: it doesn't sound like rebalancing. No, as, it doesn't. Start it, there. I yeah. mean, it could be theoretically, but but, but, eh. but it sounds like they're index funds. If they're Russell funds, I I, I would expect. Yep. Although Russell's also they has do. funds where they yep. have active management. I'd really be worried about how much in equities and how much in fixed income, because that's the driver of return and risk. And I know we don't have time to get into that right
2: now. No, and at 92, frankly, I mean, I wouldn't have very much equity exposure, maybe a little bit, maybe 10, 20 percent. Most of it should be in those aforementioned bonds <laughs> that are more stable. So uh, that would be the part I would look at first. Then would be the part about uh, expenses, frankly, because uh, even though you're in index or index style funds, I want to make sure they're inexpensive. And then the part about portfolio management. To buy and sell half of a portfolio, to me, feels outrageous. But again, I'd have to kind of know what the what they're trying to accomplish. Thanks for your call, Gene. We'll be right back. Eight five five nine three five 935 talk here on talking real money. Tom and Don
3: are talking real money. Want a free copy of my book Financial Physics? We'll go download it right now at vestory.com, V E S T O R Y.com.
1: For your real life and real future, Tom and Don are talking real money.
2: Well, I hope you'll come out and and uh, take part of retirement. Paul mentioned it earlier this hour. It's coming up about a month from now, Saturday, the 14th of May in Maidbar. Paul will be there. Among many other speakers, it's a great uh, kind of six hours. It sounds like a lot, but it goes by quickly. And uh, guess what? It's fairly inexpensive. You get lunch with it, and you hear from everybody about all things retirement, finances, housing, medical, all the stuff you really got to know. So it's very simple to register to uh, join us. Get those tickets now because we will sell out the event again. You simply go to retiremeet.com. M-E-E-T dot com retire meat and uh, sign up there. Join us that day. It's gonna be a wonderful session and I hope you'll be there for retire meat coming up soon.